goodness. Oh my goodness. It is hot. It is like 180 degrees out. <laughs> which means everybody's inside. <laughs> well, it's a good thing because we have a couple shows for you to watch. We're going to say hello, see you later, and goodbye oh. to some beloved shows. I mean, mm. shows we've been talking about literally, literally for years. Mm. We've been talking about some of these shows. But it's all good because TV never runs dry. That should be the title of this episode. Oh, TV never TV runs dry. Never runs dry. Uh, let's start with some season premieres. Oh, ooh, oh. Ooh. and we're gonna go with a premiere that is on Hulu. <laughs> I've been anticipating this. I unfortunately haven't been able to see the first couple episodes yet. Um, but it is a J.J. Abrams slash Stephen King show on Hulu called Castle Rock. And if you, you probably couldn't escape all of the advertisement, but I love J.J. Abrams. Stephen King makes my skin crawl. So it should be a good combination. The question is, was it? Ah. Now, just so everyone knows, even if you don't have a Hulu subscription, but you have access to Apple, uh-oh. They are offering uh, the first episode free for, I think, another week it'll be rough. Oh, nice. So even if you don't have Hulu, you can check out that first one. Now, on Hulu, they released the first three episodes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so here's where we are. As the ref said, we have Stephen King, and Castle Rock is the name of a fictional town in Maine where a lot of Stephen King's work yeah. is set. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what's happening is they are pulling from the Stephen King canon. So it's not a particular- It's an anthology, right? Yeah, and it's not a particular piece of work. Mm-hmm. So there are references all over the place. So if you are a Stephen King fan, you're gonna have lots of nuggets to find. Ooh. The question is, if you're not, if you haven't read Stephen King, how's it gonna play? Mm. So I'll talk from that perspective. I've read one Stephen King novel. What? Yeah, one. I'm shocked. One. Okay. And it was long. But you've seen a lot of his movies. Oh, yeah, all the movies and etc. But I've only read one. Okay. Now. Which one? It? No. What? The Last Stand. Isn't that one of them? The Last Stand. Um, so, but I saw the original It miniseries that was on TV before the movie. Oh, yes. I Tim remember Curry. that. Tim, oh. Tim Curry. Oh, you better believe it. <laughs> now, see, I, I remember that. Now, in Castle Rock, what we have is a prison. This is a prison town. And what's the name of the prison? Shawshank. No, <laughs> I know, I know. I heard about right. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, that's the Stephen King thing. Okay, so it's Shawshank Prison, but this is not way back from Shawshank Redemption. Okay, we're in, in current times. What's happened is Andre Holland plays a character named Henry Matthew Deaver. Ooh, I love Andre. And they say his full name, Henry Matthew Deaver. <laughs> he was adopted by um, a Sissy Spacek's character and her mm-hmm. husband um, as a kid. And in 1991, something weird happened. He went missing. His adopted father went missing and ended up dead. Oh. They found him several days later. He's disoriented, doesn't know what happened. Some people think maybe he's the one who killed the father. Oh, the the the, the, the stepfather didn't come back to life. We we're talking about the kid found him dead. 
the kid was found after the kid was missing. So Henry was missing, was found later by the sheriff. Okay. Uh, but by that time, the father was already dead. Got it. So they thought that he was dead as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now that's 1991. We shuttle forward to now 2018. Henry is now Andre Holland. <laughs> yes. Okay. He is now a lawyer and he is defending uh, death row uh, people. Death oh, row convict. Wow. Okay. So something happens where he gets a call from the prison saying, hey, there's this guy here who's asked for you. They're trying to cover this up. You need to come and find out what's happening. Now, this guy they found in a cage in the prison in a wing that hasn't been used for decades. Mm. Mm. Now, the old sheriff, I'm not the sheriff, sorry, the old warden of the prison is played by Terry O'Quinn. Oh, boy. Oh, you know what that means. From the very beginning, something tragic happens to him. But he's connected to this young man who was in a cage. And he told this young man before he died, I'll say that, hey, if, when I'm gone and these people come in, ask for Henry Matthew Deaver. Oh. Why? Yeah, yeah. Now, when Henry was a kid, across the street. You're giving us a lot. It's very generous. Yes. I'm giving you a lot without giving you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> across the street was a young girl same age and there was something about Henry that she just had to watch him mm. so she saw when he and his father left the house for the last time for the father mm. so of course they wanted her to say what, what happened she wouldn't now as an adult he comes back and, and this character is played by Melanie Linsky her name is Molly Strand she's very anxious why and she says that, you know, it, it, it's being around people just drives her, it makes her nervous, it kind of drives her nuts. She has to take half a Percocet every day. Oh my gosh. Calm things down. Why? What is her connection to Henry? Okay? And then here's the thing. Who killed the father? Was it Henry? Yeah. Was it somebody else? Was it a suicide? Was it the town? Because supposedly the town of Castle Rock is cursed and it's all connected to this guy that was found in the cage. And that's as much as I'll give you. Oh, that's From the nice first piece. three episodes. Yeah. Now, this is Stephen King, so you not only get horror, you might get some supernatural things, along yeah, with your yeah. drama, etc. I will have to say- J.J. Abrams, yeah. J.J. Abrams is involved. I will have to say that the first three episodes for me uh, set up the foundation. I'm not quite sure whether this is gonna be a home run right now it's good enough to keep watching the cast is spectacular of course spectacular so i'm fine with that i'm fine with where they've started we'll see at the end of the season whether they've done enough to move this story forward and make me care and i'm talking about me i don't know about you me because i don't quite care enough yet but i'm almost there Burden of Truth on <laughs> on CW uh, is it's it's back. No, oh, it's, first season. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of back, is it not? What's the first season? Now renewed for eight episodes, second season by original Canadian network. Yes. So, so, so what's happening is um, it was. So here's what happened. 
it's a Canadian show that CW option like got the rights to distribute in the states. So in Canada, was it, it was already aired in Canada. Exactly. So in that's Canada, what I mean. It's it's been renewed, right? Got it. But for us, it's the first season. So if you down, if you um, uh, Jimmy Rig and watch Canadian shows, you may have already <laughs> watched it before the most of us. It's a brand new show on CW. Do tell. <laughs> so I mean, sometimes you have to, especially if you want to watch like Shit's Creek, like ahead you, of time. Are you giving people your secrets? Absolutely not. <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> so no, I just asked a question. Now look, Burden of Truth is set in Canada. Okay, that's where we are. It's a Canadian show. Uh, starring in it is Kristen Krug as Joanna Hanley. She's a big city attorney who comes back home to small town Canada. Uh-huh. Now her father is uh, the head of her firm. She's an up and comer. She's a star. Her ex-boyfriend works with her. He's not quite as good. Now she's sent back to her hometown. Now the question is, does she want to go back there? Because what's happening is the teenage girls in this town are coming down with some sort of affliction. It leads to seizures, etc. And the people think the culprit is a vaccine, uh, the the HPV vaccine, to be specific. Oh my gosh! They called it out. Okay. They sure did. Now, uh, Joanna's firm represents the pharmaceutical company that it has the rights to this vaccine that distributes it. And she goes in going, mm, I'm trying to defend them. Let me try to settle these cases before this gets out and causes a nightmare, mm. marketing-wise, etc." So she goes back there. Uh, she goes back home. Of course, she encounters former friends, all of that kind of stuff. And the thing is, is it the vaccine? Is it something else? Mm. Is it everything? Who knows what's really going on here? What she finds is things aren't as simple as they may seem. So she decides to stay in the town to try to help people out. Now, what does that mean? like sharp objects. What is happening here? Well, it's definitely not that. Not that. <laughs> it does. The premise sounds very similar. Like, is this HBO yes. or CW? Yes. So now let's talk about that a little more, Rev, so it's clear that this is not sharp <laughs> This is a show that I envision, Ref, on the Hallmark Channel. Oh, okay, you definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the lighting, the the pace, the, the characters, all of it. I'm like, this, like, this is not what you would think for a Generation Y, Generation Z network. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's the summertime, we gotta fill in the slot, Kristen Kruk is in it. <laughs> Maybe. Like, it's very strange. I'm just like, this really should be Hallmark Network. No channel. No no offense. So that is what you, you have to now take the actual story and mm-hmm. place it there and you'll get it. I will watch one more episode, but just to see what they do, because there is a big twist. Okay. But it's so slow that I don't know that I'm going to last. Sorry. Well, here's something that's not slow. Guess what's back? Your favorite show critic, one of them, Suits, as you say. Suits. Yes, <laughs> suits. 
which is on USA, of course, but no Meghan Markle. <laughs> She's off being a princess. And I'm not mean that I mean that in every literal way. Yes. Um, Catherine Heigl, though, is back, or not back, is joining the cast. And you know what? I'm curious to see how this works because uh, is Gina still there? Gina left. She's doing a spinoff. Yeah. We really do need someone to anchor this show. Um, and the question is, is she the one? Well, in addition to, uh, of course, like you said, Gina's off doing the spinoff of the show. Megan is in England. And Patrick Day Adams, the co yeah, that's right. is gone as well. Yeah. So, yeah, they got a big hole to fill. Now, keep in mind, before Catherine joined the cast, they added Dulé Hill. Yes. So he's back, and now he's a series regular. Amanda Schull, who was um, Jody Sawyer. Yeah. <laughs> she has now been promoted to series regular, along with Catherine Heigl now coming in as a series regular, joining the triumvirate of Gabriel Mott, Rick Hoffman, and Sarah Rafferty. I will say this. We're now two episodes into this thing. Hmm. And we got uh, Wendell Pierce's character. Yeah, <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was coming. <laughs> At some point you're going to say Wendell Pierce when talking about suits. <laughs> Who suits. is uh, Meghan Markle's character's father. Yes. He's also a lawyer. Well, look, his firm has joined their firm. Oh, boy. And the question is, is Harvey Specter, played by Gabriel Mott, is he going to win out over Wendell Pierce's character as the managing partner? Okay. Now, what they do is Harvey has got to do a bit of what uh, Patrick J. Adams' character did, Mike, before, because that character's gone. He did a lot of the late work. So what do they do? How do they resolve this issue? to make Harvey, uh, or put Harvey back into the thick of things. Okay, so how do they do that? Secondly, Katherine Heigl plays the top dog who works under R Wendell Pierce's character. Aye, aye, aye. She's the one he sends out when he needs something to get done. Yep, got it. Okay, so everybody who hasn't worked with her before is like, who does she think she is? Okay, with some curse words in it. Yeah. So she and Harvey aren't loggerheads. She and Dulé Hill's character, that ain't going well. And how is all of this gonna resolve itself? Okay, so that's where we are. We also have Donna, played by Sarah Rafferty, who's gone from being Harvey's secretary to uh, CFO, I believe, something <laughs> like that. That happened in the last season. Okay. So one of those C's. <laughs> yeah. And so she's looking at Katherine Heigl going, you better know who I am. And Katherine Heigl is going, I know who you are. I know exactly who you are. You better know who I am. It's this kind oh, of thing. Oh my goodness. So the first episode, they had to get the Harvey stuff out of the way. And the second episode, they really, whoever is in the writing room is having a good time. <laughs> there were all kinds of zingers and lines back and forth. Just everybody going for it. I was thoroughly entertained. Oh, and you love that stuff. By that episode. I just hope they keep it up. Because I was, I, for the first time, I was laughing at Suits. I was laughing out loud at the ridiculousness. So I have to say, I love Patrick and Megan. 
but we're fine without you. <laughs> okay. Well, guess what? Will oh. FX be fine without its new show, Pose? It's not gone for good, but it had its first season, and it's been renewed for season two. Now, if you don't remember, um, Pose is a one of the shows that Ryan Murphy mm-hmm. brought to FX. So that'll give you a sense of <laughs> it's not your uh, it's not your burden of truth, <laughs> or is it? No. nowhere near the Hallmark Channel. Now look, in Pose, we're in the late 80s in New York City. We are dealing with Trump Tower in the background. And as we mentioned before, Raph, when this uh, series started, this revolves around uh, the ball culture, which is a subculture in gay culture. I won't say culture again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so this is where you get the voguing. It came out of this uh, milieu. Mm-hmm. Now, a part of that, a big part of that, is uh, transsexuality. Mm-hmm. So what we have is, we have uh, for uh, gay people of all stripes, who, uh, especially minority gay people, that's what they're dealing with here, who are coming to the big city, wanting to be accepted, kicked out of their homes, etc. Well, where are they gonna live? Well, they have mothers and fathers who take them in and help to keep them safe. And they all come to the ball to try to win trophies and, and curry favors, etc. So that's what's at the heart of the show, why it's called Pose. But what was most compelling to me was the stories of the characters outside of the ball. How can they, in 1988, be open and proud, et cetera, be accepted, earn a living, all of that stuff. So this was a culture I knew nothing about. I said culture again, there it is. Yeah. I knew nothing about this. All I knew was voguing. So what Ryan Murphy and his writers and and the showrunners and everybody involved, what they do, is they do give you a glimpse into what's going on here that most of us have never known. So it's a learning experience for me and it was interesting that way. And I was able to see things through their eyes in a way that I'm not quite sure I've been able to do before. Mm -hmm. So that was very important. And that to me is the selling point of the show. Now in the actual balls to me, after the first one, I was kind of like, okay, I don't need this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get it. It was more like they were explaining how important it is. I didn't feel how important it is. Mm-hmm. Like it's beautifully shot. And uh, excuse me, I do have to say that when we get to Billy Porter. Oh, you love him. At the ball, he's the MC. Like that is always entertaining. Um, and, and then the last one, ref, the final ball of the season was completely crazy and hilarious. But outside of those moments, I was kind of like, I would rather get to know these characters more. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, does it have issues? Yes. Sometimes it's too preachy. Some of the acting can be off along with the writing. Uh, All of that is to be expected because uh, a lot of these actors and actresses, hey, they haven't done something like this before. Mm -hmm. So you can forgive it for those kinds of flaws. Also, they sometimes go into tangents. One of the characters is a, a dancer. He's being trained and I'm sorry, I'm not with the dancing. Um, and they they even had an episode where they do some singing. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Now, 
they tied it in. It made sense, but it was kind of like, okay, we're kind of off the mark here. Okay. But overall, at its best, it gives everyone an opportunity to empathize with characters that we really haven't seen before in this way. So for that, I will say, we'll see what happens in season two. I will still be watching. Mm. Well, you won't still be watching the next season of Colony. Oh, you know what? I It's gone. I'm sorry. Uh, On USA, they canceled say Colony. Goodbye. It's easy. You quickly do it in this review. <laughs> <laughs> Colony's been around. I listen. Colony's been around for three seasons, and yeah. from what I hear, it did not go out with a shebang. It kind of went out with a. Hmm. Well, look, they canceled the thing. <laughs> oh, poor. That's so sad. Right before the final episode aired. Oh, oh no. So we all know this was in the can. Like, and they're thinking we got another season coming? Hello. So now, if you are a fan of Colony and you've been keeping up with it, it's kind of like, I will never know what happens after this. Now, I will just say this. We have an alien invasion of the planet. They have segregated parts of the globe into different colonies, etc. And why? So as you go through the seasons, you figure out why. They want humans to help them fight another alien race. Now, why would the humans want to do this? And which humans know this, which ones do not. And then there are different kinds of humans whom they put into different roles. One important role for this alien race are the humans that are the outliers. I won't tell you what that means, but I will tell you this. Josh Holloway's character is one of them. Oh! So there's a reason why, because he throughout the seasons has been doing things that should have gotten him killed by the alien presence. But he would see their technology, which will shoot you dead. It would come right up to him, see him doing something, and go away. Why? Mm, we know now. And we know. Now, his wife is played by Sarah Wayne Callies, who was in The Walking Dead early on and Prison Break. Mm -hmm. They have three kids, one of whom was in a different part. Different so they, That's right. They had to rescue him. They then ran into... Uh, one of the heads of the colony who had to get out of there with them. They got out of the L.A. colony and eventually in season three, they worked their way up to Seattle. Okay. And the head of that colony is Wayne Brady. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm only laughing because it's, he's, I'm, yeah. Yes. And this is not Wayne Brady doing comedy. Okay. okay. All right. He's, he's not. He's not always tech comedy. That's right. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. He his colony is running like no other. People seem to be happy. It's efficient. What's going on? They got to figure this out. So <clears throat> he has a special relationship with the alien hosts, and he has certain technology. Now. This leads to a big problem with the other humans in charge of the globe, let's say, that authority. And this leads to certain consequences by the end. Now, we lead up to in the final episode, finally the second alien race is coming and the war is about to begin. Cut to blackout. I mean, this is ridiculous. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. So this is, show has been getting more complex, more layered. We're learning more and more as we go. And then it's just pull the plug. 
Maybe they'll have a Christmas special. They need one. USA, I'm calling you out. Uh-oh, you heard it you change here. Change the day of, of the, the show anyway. Change uh -oh. the night it was airing. Here he goes. And it didn't, didn't start, it started like a month earlier. He's riled up. Okay. Oh my goodness. I love you though, USA, I do love you. You do love them, but you also <laughs> loved Nashville, which was moved from ABC to CMT. Yeah. And it is finally, I feel like this is the longest season finale. It was like four seasons of season finales. I, I truly do feel that way. I feel like every time you think it's gone, it's like Rocky, it'll never go away. Mm. Um, not that we want it to, but Nashville is done. Season six is called its final, or has its final bow, its final song, its finale. Mm -hmm. And uh, where do we leave things? Well, you know, it's all about the aftermath of Raina here and a lot of it for the family. Of course. For Deacon and, and the two daughters. And Deacon, by the end, actually headlines his own tour. Oh. He also has... Uh, been reacquainted with his father. Oh. Who, played by who? Well, someone I, we know. Well, if we don't someone know. we know, but I, you know, I, you won't know the name if I say it. Gotcha. But if you saw the actor, you know who he is. He comes in. Deacon is not happy. Uh oh. His father was abusive. Was a drunk. Like but his father, yeah. But his father did teach him how to play that guitar. Mm-hmm. Now, his girls want the grand their grandfather in their lives. Deacon does not. <laughs> One of these paths has a future. The other does not. Okay. <laughs> so what happens at the end of the season? Can Deacon forgive and move on mm. with Pappy? Now the young, the younger daughter, ends up on like a, a an American Idol type show. Aww. And this is headed by the main villain from this whole season, who's a womanizer and abuser. Etc. Why does he want her on this show? Because hmm. he and Deacon are not friends because Deacon was dating his ex-wife. Okay. Oh, Deacon. And the ex-wife used to be on uh, that show on Fox that everybody used to love. Okay, Empire. So, she's now here. She has a son with the man and he's using the son as the chip to manipulate her. Now, another young artist signs with this man, is warned by her about his behavior. How does all of this end up? Does she end up in his clutches or not by the end? Hmm. Now, the older daughter is becoming a star in her own right. She's been dating this Justin Bieber-like guy. You know what happens there. I remember that. Mm-hmm. His good buddy has other thoughts. <laughs> okay, and that turns into something else. And we have little Scarlet, my favorite, who has gone away from singing. Does she come back? Right? We have Will and all the other guys and Avery. Avery dealing with Juliet. Juliet finally comes back from the from the cult. I was wondering what the heck happened to Juliet. Let me tell you, the cult kidnapped the woman, wouldn't let her go. She had to escape and she tried to expose them, but of course she has a history. I can't help, I can't. So, <laughs> now, I will say that she's pregnant again. <laughs> but has Avery moved on, right? Has Avery moved on? Wait, she's pregnant with Avery's baby or somebody yes. in the cult? Oh. 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a good question. She got pregnant before she left to go join the cult in South America and got kidnapped. Okay. But she, you know, she's fine. But can they be together or not? Right? So these are the kinds of things that all these loose ends are tied up. And I will say it was very touching at the end because th they were at Deacon's um, performance where he's headlining. He comes out to do his song for the audience. It's in Nashville, so he's talking to the people like, hey, you know, all of you know me, etc." The girls come out, the father comes out. Then guess what? I will say this, before he went out to perform, he had he saw Raina in his dressing room. Oh, she came back. She the came actress. back as a ghost, right, yeah. exactly. Connie Britton comes back, tells him what he needs to do with his father. Aww. Helps to bring that together. They all come out and then at the very end, Everybody who's been on Nashville almost in front of the camera and who's worked behind the scenes comes onto the stage and sings. Pretty much everybody who could came out, oh, including Connie wow. Britton. It was a wonderful way to end it. Uh, Callie Corey, the creator, came out. She directed oh, the final episode. Nice, yeah. And she gave a rap to it. So I think that was a beautiful way Aww. to not only wrap up the storylines, but also to reference what's going on outside of just the show, how it yeah. affected Nashville itself, what they do musically. It was beautiful to see everybody on that stage. So, you know, look, Nashville has had its ups and downs. We've mm. been through all of them. Yeah. I think where they landed though was a nice, comfortable place to end. Oh, wow, we will miss it. Listen, again, TV ain't, it's, it ain't running dry. It's not going to ever run dry. So in case you want to just get out of the heat and watch some television, you could certainly check out um, more of our reviews of these shows on our website, especially the past ones. If you've heard anything that sounded interesting, of course, we always have giveaways running at some point. Um, you can always check at whywatchthat.com slash giveaways for some of our treats for you. But listen, overall... Keep it locked. Keep it tuned here at Why Watch That. We take good 